This is our ninth session now, and last session, on Ephesians 3, 7 to 13. And we're focusing on this final verse. Therefore, in view of what I have now written in verses 2 through 12, therefore, I ask you not to lose heart over my afflictions on your behalf, which is your glory. And the reason I say this, therefore, probably takes into account all of 2 through 12 is because you may remember back in verse 1, as this chapter began, he said, For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ, Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, your behalf, so my afflictions on your behalf, and that's the, that's the prison then, right? Over my afflictions on your behalf. So he began by saying, I, Paul, a prisoner, that is, I'm enduring afflictions on behalf of you Gentiles, and then he breaks off, and he realizes that in saying that, he might need to say more so that these Gentiles, many of whom probably he doesn't know personally and don't have a complete, deep, rich grounding yet in the faith, would say, what this great apostle is in prison? What's going to become of our movement? This feels like defeat. This feels like a real downer. I'm going to lose heart over this. So you can see everything from verse 2 to verse 12 was recapitulated in a sense, rehashed from what he had said before about how the Gentiles are full fellow heirs with the saints in the household of God, but now he does something peculiar in these verses, and namely, that is, relates it to his particular apostolic calling. So, Father, as we close this unit out, understand the therefore of verse 13 and how it is that they and we should not lose heart over Paul's imprisonment or other apparent setbacks for your cause. Show us what we should see. Show us the kind of thing that would keep us from losing heart the way Paul didn't want them to lose heart. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to stay here for a moment uh, at this break and just walk through and underline what I meant when I said this is a kind of recapitulation of 2, 11 to 22, which was all about the mystery of the gospel by which the Gentiles, whom Paul is especially concerned to address, the Gentiles are not excluded anymore. They are fully part of the one people of God and have God as their father. He's he spelled that out so beautifully, but he realizes that as he speaks of himself being a prisoner on their behalf, 
they may not be able to make the connection between, okay, we got that in general, that Christ has worked in such a way through the cross, through the blood, through the tearing of his flesh so that the middle wall of partition through the abolishing of the laws has opened the way for us to be reconciled to God and to each other. We get that, Paul, but what? why are you in prison? What's that have to do with you being in prison? And now Paul makes that crystal clear in verses 2 to 12. Let's just quickly note how. Assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me. Okay, so now he's focusing on he's got a special stewardship of grace, how the mystery was made known to me. I'm a special uh, emissary of this mystery that I've been unfolding back here. And I have written about it briefly. I'm the writer of it. I'm an authoritative apostle. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. You can see how personally he's relating this to himself, which was not made known to the sons of men in previous generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles. And I'm one of those and prophets. This mystery, and then he states it with crystal clarity, is Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, partakers of the promise in Christ through the gospel. That was the point of the mystery back here in 11 to 22. But what he's doing here is relating it to himself. And so he keeps on going. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given. Now, here he starts to get down to the logic that's going to result in this big therefore here. To me was given this. I have been called and given a deposit of revelation as an apostle, and my job is to preach to the Gentiles. That's you. That's why I'm going to say it's on your behalf down here. To you, the unsearchable riches of Christ. And secondly, to bring to light the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So that's my job. That's what I do. I go public from city to city and I proclaim this. And of course, it means afflictions. It means prison for me. That's what you didn't understand, that for me to do this for you requires that I go to jail from time to time, that I get beaten and stoned from time to time. And it's all so that through the church, that's you, full fellow members, that's you, the church, through you, in response to my preaching of the unsearchable riches of Christ and my making known the plan, the church comes into being out of Gentiles, and you become then the means by which the manifold wisdom of God is, is made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was all according to an eternal purpose that he worked in Christ. And the effect of that working in Christ is that we all, the Gentiles, the Jews, the church, have boldness and access to God. We're not cut off. We're not under his wrath anymore. We have confidence to go to him through faith. 
Therefore, therefore, since you are this church, and therefore you are the means of the rulers and authorities seeing the manifold wisdom of God, therefore my afflictions that brought you these unsearchable riches that constituted the church out of your faith, therefore these afflictions are your glory. Do you see the connection? The glory is right here as the church becomes the beauty of the effect of the working of Christ so that authorities and rulers and everybody else can see this beautiful wisdom of God. This is your glory. You want to be, you want to have a glorious role in the universe? You want to have a glorious role in redemptive history? Well, here it is. Be the church. Be the people who with boldness and joyful access to your Father who created all things and with confidence speak of Christ, magnify Christ, show the work of Christ so that authorities and rulers and everyone else have their mouths shut by the glorious wisdom which you are. So don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. You are part of something staggeringly great and eternal. Join me, Paul would say, join me in boldness and in confidence as we move forward, sharing the gospel, loving people until the last day.